from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs with two-man coverage of the red and gold. This is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I am Seth Kaiser with The Athletic, and I am here with the irrefutable Chris Clark of Chiefs Digest and the Locked On Chiefs account. Chris, how are we doing today? I'm great, Seth. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I went with irrefutable today because I'd like to think that your opinions are opinions that aren't just opinions, but are facts. Well, I appreciate that, but uh, we both know that you try to refute me plenty, so, um, but not a problem on that one, and and there's a lot of people that do, so. <laughs> sure, sure. But I appreciate, so, I appreciate the candor. Oh, well, I, I do what I can. So, big week, kind of, in Chiefs news last week. Um, the Since the last time we recorded, and now, there are, there's news, there's hashtag news, Chris. The Chiefs are going to tag D Ford. Now that was news earlier in the week, but now and with the combine, the, for me, look, and we can talk about this all day. And I know Ryan will disagree with me on this. I don't really care about the the short stuff. I don't care. I don't care what forty someone ran. I don't care what their three cone was. I don't care how they did in the gauntlet. But one thing I do care about from the combine is Rumorville. Because this is a great time of year where all the GMs and all the scouts and all the media are all in one place. And so if teams want to spread some rumors, this is the time. And so it definitely, yeah. it definitely is the time. And I will disagree with you a little bit. I do care at least a little bit on, on some of the short drills. And I really say that because you look at what it means for guys that run slow 40s. Uh, and it does affect... Play speed is a, is a thing, uh, but their actual speed does does matter, um, and it can really push guys down the board if they don't run fast. And I get that it's not everything, and I'm not trying to say it is, but it's, it, it is something in my opinion. I think teams definitely value it. I yep. just don't know whether they should. I'm trying well, to. Well, and think- there's also the medical as well. Right. Um, that that can be big as well. Right. Yeah. The medical check is, I think, the biggest part of it. Um, you know, especially the 40 yard dash is the thing we put the most stock in. I, I just, I just don't care. I, I don't, maybe I should, you know, I think when you take all the numbers together and I do think there are numbers, I don't think the 40 yard dash matters. I don't, I think, you know, people can rise or fall based on it. I don't think that one matters. I think, you know, the three cone, the shuttle, some of those things for quickness measurements, especially for wide receivers. I think that matters, um, or for corners. But it just, to me, these things, you should be able to see this on tape. You know, if a guy is fast on tape, fine. Uh, But I I do understand people want to see what top end stuff is. And I also know it's a way for them to gauge how well a player prepared. And the interviews. The interviews are a big deal, too. So, be that as it may, today I'm focusing on the, the, the Rumorville portion. And now... To the shock of everyone, even though right now it's just terms of listening, the Chiefs are apparently willing to listen to offers for D Ford now that he's been he, well now that he's going to be franchise tagged. So you know, apparently the idea is we're going to tag him for sure, but we are willing to listen to any offers that you have, Chris. 
what do you think? You think this is shenaniganry? Do you think this is legit? And if so, what do you think of it? Well, they're also willing to listen to offers for Justin Houston. And to me, that is really going to be interesting because you look at what that could mean if they move Houston and they move, move D forward, where do you, where do you go? Yeah. Um, when it comes to edge rushers, uh, this team doesn't really have that great of edge rushers uh, behind those two guys. Breland Speaks is not a proven commodity. I think he'll play a lot better in the 4-3 than he did in the 3-4, but there's still question marks about whether he can get around the edge and, and how that's going to play out. And you don't know what you really have in Tano Passanio because they didn't play him right. and whether or not he'll play this year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my biggest concern with them tagging D Ford and saying that they're willing to trade him if they're willing to trade him, fine, but you need to trade him before the draft. You don't, or during the draft, you got to get something for him this year. You cannot wait till next year to get something for D Ford. Sure. So, uh, and I don't care if it's a first round for next year. You cannot make that trade uh, unless you have it and it, you can use it this year. Interesting. So, why, why do you feel that way? You're trying to go all in and get a Super Bowl. Right. And if you're going to get rid of D Ford and get rid of the franchise amount, okay, so this plays into it. All of this plays into it, but if we step back and we take a look at what this means, if they tag Ford and they trade him and they trade Justin Houston, if all of this is done after the draft, that also means that all of their money is tied up uh, before the draft and in free agency, and you're not going to be able to sign guys. Right. And that is right. a big the- deal. And and I understand that they have, they're still trying to sign Hill and Jones. Uh, at least that's what we've heard is that they want to sign Hill and Jones. And if they're going to go and sign Hill and Jones, yeah, you can wait and sign those guys after June first and after you make the Justin Houston move or after you do D Ford. But you still have to get something for those guys this year or get something that you can use in the draft mm-hmm. this year. It can't be something that happens right after so, the draft. Uh- because then it doesn't. So a big get you thing anything. for you is the fact that 2019, in your view, is this is a Super Bowl contention year, and not just like a Super Bowl contention year. And tell me if I'm repeating you, you know, if I'm accurately describing what you're saying here. This isn't just 2019. Isn't just a Super Bowl contention year in the we have Patrick Mahomes, so every year is a contention year. Super, 2019 is a Super Bowl contention year in the. This is like a good, good, good shot at the Super Bowl. Not just we're a playoff contender, ipso facto, we are a Super Bowl contender. This is this is a roster that can and nearly did win a Super Bowl, and you are this close, and you never know when the window of being this close will slam shut. Is that accurate? Mostly. The, the big deal to me is that you look at what you have with the franchise, tag, or with what you have with... Um, Patrick Mahomes on his rookie contract. More than likely, they're signing him after this offseason. They're not going to wait. And with that, you're losing your you're losing not necessarily your entire window, but the best mm-hmm. part of your window because you have all this money right. to sign him right, right now. And so, uh, so to me, you have to make you have to make moves looking at this year. You can't mm-hmm. look at next year. Yes, you'll be able to contend. I think next year, and yes, the AFC West will still probably go through Kansas City in 2020. Uh, and I fully expect it to go through Kansas City mm-hmm. in 2019. But to me, if you're going to trade those two guys, that's fine. But you have to have something in 2019 that you can use either in the draft in 2019 or to trade up and get something better in mm-hmm. 2019. You cannot wait and get stuff in 2020. It's not going right. to help you next year. And I can understand that. I think that's perfectly reasonable. And so for you, the fear is 
that they that they'll trade both of them and then take a big step back or fail to take a step forward on defense. Well, and they may trade both of them or they could trade neither of them. I I'm really going to be surprised if somebody's willing to pay that much for Justin Houston just because of the contract he has. I understand that you know, 15 million a year isn't a ton for a super for a superb pass rusher, but you yourself have said that he doesn't have the speed he used to. He has a lot of uh, he's still a good player, but he's not as valuable as he once was. And granted for Kansas City, he costs 21 against the cap, but if they trade him, that's only 15 to somebody else. And I think it's 17 in 2020. That's mm-hmm. not a horrible contract, but it's going to limit who you can send him to because they're still going to have to pay him that money. Right. And so the, the, the ultimate concern that I'm hearing from you, and we'll, we got to take a quick break, but the, the problem here is the, the Chiefs, are they already had a bad defense last year. The one functional part of that defense was the pass rush. And now we're hearing, well, we're willing to listen to offers about Houston. Now we're willing to listen to offers about Ford. And it makes you kind of think, huh, that's an interesting strategy. We'll see if it pays off to trade away two of the biggest parts of the most functional part of the defense. We're going to keep talking about D Ford and uh, the potential for what they might do with him right after we take a quick break. All right. So I do have to say this one thing. I think the more realistic scenario is that they trade one or the other. Um, And maybe you trade forward because somebody's going to give you more for a guy that's younger and they think that they can, you know, maybe, sign him to a long-term deal and have somebody that's going to be there for a long-term and in a good situation. Uh, but I don't think you, I don't think you trade both of them. I think you trade one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think you need to figure it out before, like I said, before the draft or during the draft, so you can at least get something this year. Uh, and I would really, the big thing for me, and, and I've said this already, but I'll say it again. The big thing for me is you want as much flexibility as you can have going into free agency. So you have an opportunity to sign some guys, because there's still rumors out there that Landon Collins is going to be a free agent, and I think that'd be a fantastic signing for Kansas City. One thing that's interesting, if you get rid of both of them, and I'm not a fan of getting rid of both of them for a lot of reasons, but if you get rid of both of them, over the cap puts the cap room at a shade under $40 million this year, and then at yep. around or $79 million next year. So that gives you the flexibility to sign anyone you want, any two people you want, really. Even while right, you have to, even while but, extending but Hill and Jones, that. right? But you have to do that before free agency starts. That's the problem. Yes, because all those free agents are going to be gone by the time you by the time that would free up if you do it later in the year. So I agree with you completely. It gives them all the money in the world to be able to sign whoever they want the number two, the number, the number one and number two guys that they want to go get. It gives them all the ability to go do that, and I think that would be a fantastic move. But they have to get it done before free agency starts. Well, I don't think uh, I, I don't think anyone would necessarily be in favor of getting rid of them, you know, after the draft or anything like that. Um, prior to free agency, I can understand that for sure. Trying to figure out, you know, what route you're going to go. The problem is teams often you can often get the best draft capital if that's what you're looking to do when you trade the day of the draft. That that's it's it, right. it's funny how that works. Um. Here's I've been thinking a lot about this, and I agree with you. I don't like the idea of trading both of them. My idea, you know, initially for this season was to try some way to restructure Houston, which he's made clear from all reports he's not willing to do that. So I mean, that kind of torpedoes that, and try to run it back. 
and keep the one part of your defense that was functional last year. Here's something to think about in terms, though, of what uh, Spagnolo is looking to do. He talked a lot in an interview about the fact that, you know, you're in your nickel and dime a ton. And so he kind of downplayed the, the scheme change, which I think is very smart of him. But I also I'm curious if maybe he views Houston and Ford as playing. Maybe he doesn't view any of either of them as capable of playing Sam linebacker. And he says, look, I've got two Leo defensive ends. And so maybe, like you said, it's a one or the other situation. And that's where it gets very, very interesting because tagging D Ford, um, if he takes the, uh, the, the linebacker tag, it's like 15.5, right? Right. Um, if he decides to contest him, it's around 17 or something like that. And it gets a little more contentious. Which I expect him, I expect him to, cont- to contest, although I don't know. Uh, how realistic his chance of winning that would be because he played linebacker for them last year. Right. And so I don't think he would win that either. So he might, he might not. Um, when he when he talked about the franchise tag and he made that joke, he said $15 million. So it tells you where his head was at there, which I'm sure his agent wrung his neck for saying that, but that's neither here nor there. Um, for me, it, it, it does create an interesting scenario where you say, look, we don't view either of these guys as long-term guys um, for one reason or another. We only need one of them. Let's Because either way, if you hang on to Houston, but you don't franchise D Ford, you, the, the Chiefs are sitting at about $25 million in cap space, which yep. is not a ton, but it's not a tiny amount either. And so it, it, that that does give you the flexibility to sign several guys and still extend Hill or Jones, maybe both if you get really creative. So that that's an interesting thing. I just it's so amazing to me the idea that they might. I, I was I was I asked people this. I can't think of a precedent for a team leading the league in sacks and then trading two of their three best pass rushers the next year. Or getting rid of them. Like, say if they, what if they traded Ford and then cut Houston? And so, it could also be. Well, I can't see, I can't see the precedent for that. And I don't think you're going to find one. Uh, but I do, I, what I will say is that if they get something this year, there are edge guys that I think would fit this system. And you would have them for cheap for the next several years, which is a huge value. Absolutely. Because edge, rush, edge rushers cost a they lot do. of money. Now, are they going to be able to play as well as Ford and Houston their first year? No, but I would still argue this defense will get to, I would say, even to the mid-20s, or sorry, low-20s, if not close to the high teens, just with the scheme switch. I think there's enough talent on this defense to get to that position because I think what they missed last year was aggression. I think I would agree with that to an extent. The problem is if Houston and Ford are out of the picture, that's a lot of the talent on defense. Um well, that's true, but you but they fully expect Eric Berry to be back and healthy. They think Kendall Fuller is going – well, I would assume they expect Kendall Fuller to be back and playing as well as he did. Uh, now, we'll see on Ward, but I think Speaks will actually step into a better role. Chris Jones is Chris Jones, and I think Naughty is going to be even better I don't next know. year. 
And I thought I don't know if you can. I'm not going to. I don't know if you can necessarily include Speaks though. If we're talking about talent until he shows something, you know what I mean? Because then, then it's more of like, well, we're hoping this happens. I totally hear you. I'm I'm optimistic on certain aspects of the defense, but I just the idea of losing both them. I'm right there with you. That creates a tough spot for them. No, it does. But and you have to go replenish in the draft. But that's why you have to get something this year. Because there's no way you can load up at corner, which I expect them to try to do in the draft. And there's no way you can load up at edge if you get rid of the, both those guys and have nothing that you get in 2019. There just isn't enough talent there to be able to, to overcome that. And I'm not saying Speaks is great, but I think he's going to take a big step forward from what he was last year because he's playing the position that he played in college. And I think that's going to be a big step forward. And we haven't even talked about the guy that I think is going to take the biggest leap forward, which is Anthony Hitchens. Hitchens is aggressive, and he could not play that way in Sutton's scheme. I think he's going to be big for Kansas City this year. Absolutely, could be, um, and I hope so. I've talked about him quite a bit, and 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 you know the problems that I feel were caused by him playing the way he had to play in Bob Sutton's system. I, you know, it's it's such a weird situation because the Chiefs' defense clearly needs an overhaul, and. The idea that the overhaul, you know, I think when people were thinking of an overhaul, and I think I include myself in this, I think you start thinking of guys like Dan Sorensen and Eric Murray and maybe, maybe Steven Nelson, who was pretty solid last year. But like, you know, just guys who maybe didn't perform as well as they should have. It'd be an interesting thing if Spagnolo came in and said, nope, we got to start, start from the top down. And... Maybe that's where they're at. Maybe they came in and they said, look, here's the deal. We need to rebuild this defense from the ground up. Um, some of your old timers, they're not going to fit in with that. They're not, you know, the old dog, new tricks thing. Which, you know, Ford might not be an older player, but he is a five-year vet. And maybe they figure it's time to just move along. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very, very, very interesting thing. And this offseason, there's so many directions that it could go. And I just have no idea what they're going to decide to do with some of the cap space that they have. You know, last year they went out and signed Sammy Watkins, and I did not see that coming. And so it just... Well, I will I will say this. I think we'll know a lot more in the next week because this is going to be the prelude to free agency. Yep. Uh, and I think that they're going to make some moves this week, and I think they're going to free up some cap space, whether or not it's Sorensen, uh, Eric Murray... And Murray doesn't free up a lot, but he does free up some. Yep. Uh, there's several guys that they could go out and they could make some moves and create more space. Maybe Xavier Williams, although I would think that they wouldn't want to keep him because he's not that expensive uh, for defensive linemen for next year. Um, and at least that gives you a veteran presence on the line next to Jones. Uh, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do over the next couple of weeks. But one thing I will say, and then we need to talk about when we come back from break, there was a report earlier this week and we'll talk about it, like I said, after the break, about Kansas City being aggressive and going out and getting a big-name signing-type guy at a skill position on offense. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. So what do you think about that, Seth? Um, the idea of signing a skill position player, I mean, the NFL is an offensively dominated sport right now. And so I don't really have a problem with that. You know... Um, from what I saw, the rumor was an offensive skill position player, and the 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 person who was discussing that guessed Le'Veon Bell. I would hate that. Oh, I would hate that too. 
Um, and not because I'm against Bell or anything like that. I think he's a great player, and uh, I'm fine with him sitting out a year if that's what he wants to do. I think it was a bad business decision, but whatever. Um, my biggest issue is that the Chiefs can produce plenty at running back. Um, now, maybe, you know, look, Andy Reid knows his system better than anyone, right? Maybe he feels with Le'Veon Bell, it becomes like a transcendent system. And that's a way to be a top five offense of all time two years in a row. That's yeah, but you're going to have to pay him $50 million in the first three years. Sure. And it, no, like, thank you. If, 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 Reed, <laughs> if Reed thinks that that's the, uh, that's the way to keep the offense transcendent, fine. I don't care. But I wouldn't be a fan of it. I think we're in a situation where I understand why the Chiefs paid Sammy Watkins. I see the benefit of the Chiefs playing, paying Sammy Watkins. I think he played pretty well when he was healthy last year. But I also think when you look at what happened last year, man, they could have used a $16 million a year defender on the field. You know what I mean? Yep. Now, maybe it wouldn't have mattered in Sutton's defense, but I feel like it would matter now um, because now they're trying to move on to a new system and all this stuff. And so I have no problem with them adding another skill position player. I personally would love for the Chiefs to go out and grab Jared Cook. Um, now that would be a deal that would only probably be a couple years long. Cause I think he's like 31, 32, but he is still a tremendous athlete at tight end and he gives teams all kinds of matchup problems. And I personally would love to see the chiefs run out in, in a, in a 12 personnel constantly next season. Um, with, uh, you know, just spreading teams out. With. It's funny that you tell me Jared Cook because I was actually thinking of that name before you mentioned him. Well, there you go. Great minds and all that. I, <laughs> I, just, I, I would love to see it just because – and this is why I like if they don't go that route, I'd love for see the, to see them draft a tight end high. One of these because there's a ton of really talented tight ends in this draft. Yeah, could you imagine Fant or Hawkinson being on Kansas City? Oh, absolutely. I personally – I think I might prefer Hawkinson, but maybe that's just me because I think he's more varied. I think he's a great blocker. And, oh, I agree. And, and what I really like about uh, – what I like about the idea of two tight ends, two wide receivers, and one running back, the Chiefs could continue to run their spread offense, but because of that personnel grouping, they would force defenses into bad personnel decisions based on Absolutely, it right because you're going to be in you're going to be in base more than you're going to be in nickel correct and good luck defending those guys in base absolutely you 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 aren't set up to handle the spread like uh and, kind of like what happened with the Steelers in week two quite a bit there were open spots nickel, all over the field absolutely and if you go nickel then the Chiefs are just going to run the ball down your throat right and there, there's just so, a lot of options there because, win, win. yep, if you go nickel to try to account for it, then you can motion, say, a Hawkinson or a, or even a Cook and Kelsey back into the line and just run the ball. And so the, I love that idea. And if they are going to do something like that, man, more power to them. I think that might be the next evolution of this offense because I personally don't see why you need desperately need to put a third wide receiver on the field when there's such a drastic drop-off from – Hill and Watkins to everyone else. Why not get another matchup, favorable matchup on the field of similar ability, or if it's like a Jared Cook, better ability than a Robinson. So I would like that idea. I just want to make sure that it's not a running back would bother me. (laughs) No, and a running back would bother me too, especially when they gave, and I know it's not great money, but they gave Williams a a good extension. So, uh, you know, spending big on running back would really bother me. What I will say though is, I would almost argue that Kansas City, depending on how free agency shakes out, 
they could be looking at a wide receiver at the top at the bottom of the first round. Mm-hmm. And I say that because if you look at what Reed does, he doesn't usually like to use rookies that much. But you're going to need a rookie to have a year in his under his belt before he's able to really contribute a lot in Kansas City, in my opinion. And Sammy Watkins, I don't think is here next year. He's going to be here in 19, but I don't think he's here in 20 just because of the way his contract is. So it would make a lot of sense to go find a wide receiver replacement that you can have for the next five years or you know four years next to Hill that's going to be cheap. I, I agree. I, I don't expect Watkins to be around on the current deal he's on. Now, if he likes being a chief and he's willing to work something out, fair enough. But there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of doubt. I don't see them paying him $21 million. That would be stunning. So I, there's just there's a lot up in the air right now. Like you said, we're going to start getting some more clarity on this, uh, you know, next week sometime. We'll start seeing a little more what's going on. Yep. No, I definitely think that we'll get clarity uh, coming this week when I think they'll start releasing players and, and start getting their cap in order for free agency, and maybe they can get to where they're where they have thirty thirty five million. Uh, in cap space, uh, you know, actually, uh, that, I guess that would be before D Ford and still have mm-hmm. 20 million. I mean, you can still go out and sign a good guy or two with 20 million in cap space because you don't have to be under the cap until the season starts and there's other moves you can make to make more cap space. So I uh, definitely think that we're going to find out where the Chiefs are going in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited. <laughs> well, as always, Seth, thank you very much. Tell the people where they can find you again. Um, I don't know. I think the Atlantic or something like that. Yes. Yes. I I actually, I had, I've had a few people now get mad at me because of articles that were on the Atlantic and were like, I'm going to unsubscribe. And I was like, dude, that's the athletic calm down. And so, yes, you can find my work on the athletic.com. Lots of player reviews. The, if I were Brett Veach series, lots of good stuff coming at you this off season. The off season is in some ways, as a fan, it's not my favorite time of the year. But as an analyst, it's my favorite time of the year because I finally have time to go to go deep and, and dive into players at the depth that I really want to. Well, and just so everybody knows, I know Seth asked a question right before we started recording this show. He's trying to figure out who he should review next. So if you have an idea, throw it out to him, and maybe he will take it and run with it, and you will see a player review by Seth coming in over the next week. Appreciate it, buddy. You have a good a good one, all right? All right. You as well. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>